0: Welcome back, everyone, to episode 29 of the True North Racing Podcast brought to you by Joe Media and Promotions. I'm your host, John Morrison. This week on the program, we sat down with Kaelin Wallace, driver of the number 45 Ministock and Oscar Hot Rod, as well as the co-host of our one of our shows, The Driver's Seat, with Kaylin and Michael. We traded in her helmet this week to talk a little bit more about mental health and how it affected her. Uh, before we get into that conversation, we're going to have a quick word. From our presenting sponsor, Jumbo Media Promotions. Alright everyone, just before we jump into this week's episode, I want to talk to you about our presenting sponsor, Jumbo Media Promotions. Jumbo Media provides race-ready promotions to bring you and your team to the next level. We provide weekly updates as well, providing off-season, mid-season, end-of-year write-ups for your team. On top of the write-ups, we have photo and video opportunities as well. For more information, contact us at jomopromos at gmail.com. That's J-O-M-O promos at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and follow us at Jomo Media. All right, guys, so just before we jump into this week's episode with Kaylin Wallace, uh, as always, guys, we're doing a little chat now here and there about uh, some things that come out throughout the week. And uh, one thing I, I, I'm striving to do better is this little opening here before we get into our episode. So if you guys have any suggestions, please feel free to drop them in to me. Uh, I would love to have your feedback on it, guys. Um, yeah, so before we jump into this week's episode, uh, it was a great conversation we had with Kayla. And we talked a lot about uh, mental health and how it affects her when she realized uh, um, she was struggling and that she needed to get help. So she told a little bit about her story. And as always, guys, she uh, answers some of her fan questions. So uh, uh, thank you guys for submitting those in. You guys are all awesome. Um, we're, we're, we're doing this. We love doing this. Uh, we're going to have the True North, or sorry, the Driver's Seat with Caitlin and Michael back once again this week. Uh, not too sure what we're going to talk about yet, guys. Even though we just had a co-host on, we still didn't talk about that show. So hopefully uh, uh, we find some things to talk about. Uh, I'm sure we will. We always do. It's always fun to see what, what comes up in our uh our little group chats we got. Um uh as always guys, uh this, the the uh, Jesus. The uh <laughs> the season is right around the corner, guys. We're about two weeks out. I hope you guys are all excited as much as I am. Um I will be at Flambro on June 19th. Um so if anyone's in the area, stop out stop off, say hi. Um, I'll be a big guy wearing a young driver's canine modified t-shirt. I might wear a Jomo media hat not hundred percent not hundred percent sure on that yet but uh yeah I'm not even I'm not too sure um make sure you guys stop off say hi let me know if you guys like the show you know hopefully you guys uh see me say hi uh feel free to you guys um we're uh we're gearing up for a great year with the cvms uh, got a couple more things to work out with them uh we're we're setting up to have a good year. We're doing some vlogging with them. Uh, I talked about this recently. Uh, our first driver is going to be up as John Carley, so that's going to be fun. Um, Jomo Media side, if any Jomo Media drivers will be at Flamborough that day, I will be keeping an eye out on you guys. I uh, will be snapping some pictures, taking some videos uh, for future stuff. So, guys, make sure you guys uh, hit me up. Let me know if you guys are going to be at Flamborough Speedway that day. Uh, hopefully, I get to make it to you know, Sunset, Southern Ontario Motor Speedway. And uh, hopefully much more many more tracks this summer. Uh, where in the next couple of years, I'll pretty much be traveling every weekend to a different track. Uh, as of right now, we only have the one race scheduled, so hopefully uh, that goes off without a hitch and hopefully we get you fans back in the stands. That is the big part about this sport is that we need the fans in the stands. So uh, I've said it before guys, once we once those fans once those stands are open up again fully, please get out and support your local short tracks. I'm sure there's uh, many in your area, or if not, they're not too, too far of a drive. And it's great family entertainment. Um, You're not going to find family entertainment for that bang of a buck anywhere else you really go. Um, It it is always fun to go watch, guys. I've been doing it since I was about, uh, the first time I went to a race was about 8 or 9 years old. So I've been hooked ever since to these cars going around and around in circles. Because once you learn more about the cars and what they do, You know it's not about circles. It's about a lot more than that. Uh, As always, guys, we have merchandise in the Jomo Media merch store and the True North Racing uh, apparel store. Uh, Check out our links in bios. Guys, we got T-shirts, hats, hoodies, sweaters. I know it's getting warm, so we got some tank tops in there for you guys. Uh, Hopefully, we're going to have some uh, cool other things uh, looking up our way here soon. Um, so stay tuned for that guys. I have been struggling to get this contest out and I know I have, we reached 300 followers on, on Instagram a little while ago and I'm super proud of it to the point where I would like to do a contest once again. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully I will be having a contest here soon. Um, I just need about like 15, 20 minutes to actually sit down and get it all sorted out. Um, who knows, maybe another guest here soon and I will, uh, we'll do something together. I don't know yet. We'll find out. Um, Other than that, guys, I got nothing else for you guys this week. So, as always, let's sit back, relax, and let's go racing with our conversation with Caitlin Wallace about mental health. This week on the True North Racing Podcast, we're bringing back once again Caitlin Wallace. Caitlin, how are you?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm good. Uh, I guess long time no talk, but I can't really say that because we talk every week on the other show you work on, which is The Driver's Seat with Caitlin and Michael
1: yeah every tuesday we talk
0: <laughs> it's uh it's always fun talking to you and you know it, it's we always we always talk racing on on the true north racing podcast but this or or even on the driver's seat we talk about racing all the time yeah. i get those both those shows mixed up <laughs> um it, as you know i uploaded to the wrong page last week as to know, as your episode. it was
1: like it came up as like true north racing podcast episode three i'm like what uh, I'm like, "Oh, no, 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 no. No, John."
0: <laughs> at least I was able to fix it before I left for work that day. That was the good part. Um, no, considering on on this show, we're at episode tw- you're episode 29. Wow. Yeah, I'm excited for this. Um, but we're going to change the gears this week and we're actually going to talk more about mental health in motorsports.
1: I am here to change everything. <laughs>
0: You know, you you reached out to me a couple of weeks ago, as we always do in our group chat for the for the driver seat, and you came up with a great idea of bringing you back onto this show to talk about mental health in motorsports and how it affects um, yourself in in the motorsport world. And I thought that was a that was a great idea to bring you on to to actually discuss with you because I, I can't remember now how many episodes ago, but we had Jory Elliott from Lift the Visor come on. and it would be and you know i I almost i was almost tempted to invite him on as well
1: oh that would have been amazing
0: and have our own little three-way conversation here or even bring on megan mitchell because she's big into it now yeah i feel like we need to have like a whole mental health chat (laughs) and bring on like yourself megan mitchell jory elliott uh jonathan vay 100 percent. i feel like that would be a hell of an episode to have all of us on
1: It'd be interesting, to be completely honest.
0: I feel like no one would know when to talk. No. (laughs) But I feel like we'd have so much great conversations.
1: Oh, yeah. Once we get it organized on who talks when, we'd be okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, I think I rattled off six names there that we'd have on here. and Oh, (laughs) jeez. I feel like I could actually shut my mic off for a change.
1: Yeah, you might actually be able to say like, (laughs) oh, I'm not going to talk in this one and actually go with it. (laughs)
0: I, I yeah, because you know, on the other show, like I, I want to keep silent as much as I can because the show is about you and Michael, and talking about racing here in Ontario, um, mainly pure stock and mini stock. Um, but I feel like I have to interject a few times just to help out a little bit because you guys are still getting your feet wet, and you guys are starting to run with it at least a little bit more now.
1: Yeah, we're we're uh, we're working on it.
0: <laughs> oh, think, we are. Uh,
1: yeah, it's baby steps
0: absolutely is what i'm
1: trying to get at baby steps
0: <laughs> episode 10 we're finally there <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: episode 10 john doesn't speak
0: <laughs> <laughs> the first episode where i don't you don't hear my voice except for when we have to run the ad reads
1: yeah like when i get in my rabbit holes of my nascar boys
0: i uh, know you and your little nascar boys how did they do today by the way did you catch the race at all
1: no, oh, you worked today.
0: <laughs> wow. I, we had just talked for a little bit and I, I just completely brain farted on that one. Oh boy. Um, don't worry.
1: I almost forgot that they raced.
0: But hey, you know, your boy Chase Elliott finished second. Nice. Yeah. I don't know where Blaney finished, but I think it was He's in the top having 15. a rough go. Yeah. Who knows? He might slip over to that too next year. I don't know. guess we'll have to find out what the plans are so anyways we kind of just jumped off the rails there a little bit um so obviously we're gonna talk about mental health and motorsports and how it affects um especially you because you're the one who puts on a helmet each and every week whereas myself i get to watch you guys put on a helmet each and every week and go do fun things on the track um so when did when did you start realizing that uh, i don't want to sound insensitive and that's the worst part about my job no here, no no, no. i don't want to sound insensitive. <laughs> um so when did you start first realizing that or you were even diagnosed when did you fi- f- um figured out when you were di- or realized when you were diagnosed with a um mental wow gee i really do not want to sound like a bad guy here so please take when over did I
1: first, when did i first start realizing i was struggling with mental health
0: thank you i can't, <laughs> can't think of the words but i couldn't put them in put them out
1: okay well it kind of began in grade seven um I went through a long period of being bullied really badly and but it wasn't like the normal ups and downs with happiness and sadness and struggling it was a lot more lower and so I would start staying and talking to my grade seven teacher and she was helping me bring up the courage to talk to my parents. So at about age 12 to 13, I started realizing what I was going through. And I mean, it's genetic in my family. So my dad's whole side of the family does suffer from multiple mental illnesses. And so I kind of knew about it. And I just was being naive, hoping that I wouldn't develop it. But obviously with certain aspects in life, you become more susceptible or prone to developing those genes that are in the background. And so I one day wrote a big note to my parents and basically because not that I knew it at the time, but my anxiety was way too bad to be able to sit down and talk to my parents. So I wrote them a note and left it on their bed one day before I went to school. And I, I basically said like, Hey, this is what I've been going through. I feel like I've been struggling a lot more than I would be normally. And I basically said, I need help.
0: And did your family, was your family very supportive of you and and started help realizing that helping you get things in place?
1: 100 percent they're super good about it my mom was almost offended that i didn't come to her in person and ask about it
0: well at least you told them uh you know in a note in a way some that uh, you were struggling and you wanted to explore the options of getting the help you needed yeah and since then have they continued to support you and um what is the kind of also the the help that you've gotten in, in return?
1: So after I wrote that note to my parents, uh, I ended up looking into getting a therapist. And so I was with her for a couple of years and then money got tight in the family. So we took a break off of that. But my parents have always been there for me, standing right behind me. If I ever fall, they always catch me there's been many nights where my mom just sits in my room as I'm bawling because I'm just not happy with anything in my life. She just sits there and listens to me. She doesn't take anything to personal because it's not like I'm aiming it at her. I'm just letting it all out. And a lot of the time it comes out a lot more aggressively because I keep it in for so long. And so, but yeah, they my parents have been phenomenal my whole life. And as I get older, obviously, they become more friends than parents, and so the past couple of years now that I'm into the adult life, they really are able, I'm able to sit down with both of them and just have conversations about everything normally.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, it's always great when you have a good support system behind you um, to help you uh, get, get through the, the day-to-day stuff, right?
1: yeah 100 percent. it helps so much it makes it a lot easier
0: so what kind of support so obviously your parents are a big big support system for you um but how many how many people do you help or sorry not help how many people do you not rely on or anything like that but how many people are there to support you that you know of do you have a big support system or do you like to keep it tight-knit and small
1: i like to keep it tight-knit and small um i know that there is a huge group of people out there that will listen to me. But a lot of the time, I like to keep it between me and a couple of close people. Um, I don't like feeling like I'm putting my problems out in other people's life. Because when I was bullied, it was always because they thought I was trying for attention. And so I've been called an attention seeker way too many times. And that's literally the last thing I like in life. I hate having attention. I hate being anywhere near attention. I'm too socially awkward, too socially anxious for it. So I, it's not what I want at all. And so I like to keep it between me and uh, besides my parents, a handful of friends that I pick and choose that say they're there for me. And I say, okay, you, I know That like, it's not that I'm saying, I feel like other people will talk about it, but I know for sure, personally, confidently that those people aren't going to judge me, even though the other ones may not either, but I know personally, and I can understand personally that they won't. So yeah, I, I like to keep it tight knit, but I do know that there's a ton of people out there. If I ever needed someone to fall on, anyone would be there.
0: Yeah. And that's always the good thing to have is to have that, you know, support system that you can rely on if you know if you do end up falling because at least you know there's people behind you who are going to catch you and lift you up to to know your worth to know you to uh to help you also make the right decisions to to get the help you need
1: yeah definitely that
0: so how so now we're going to bring this into the motorsports world how does your mental health uh affect you on the track (laughs) does it does it affect you or do you leave it when you put the helmet on
1: i sadly do not have the capabilities to shut it off when i put the helmet on i'm in a very emotional person um i like to come off as a really hard person that nothing gets to me and that i get told i have resting bitch face a lot
0: oh great now i gotta bleep it out
1: <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, my apologies, I didn't know how else to say it, but I get told that I have that a lot. and so people always think that I'm a really cold person, but I am very empathetic, so I feel emotions 50 times harder than I want to. And yeah. so sadly, I can't turn them off when I get onto the racetrack. and so my anxiety takes over a lot when I'm driving. Um, It makes me really cautious when I drive. Sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes it's a bad thing because I miss opportunities that if I was just a little bit more ballsy, I'd be able to do and probably be a little bit better. But yeah, I just, I'm very anxious out there and I overthink a lot of things.
0: Yeah. And so are you doing anything to try and help with that? Or are you just still on edge a little bit when you, when you get behind the wheel of the car?
1: I've tried so many things. I've had so many people come to me and be like, just do this. It helps. I don't know what it is about me, but none of it helps. And no, it's not because I don't want it to, because trust me, I do. I want to be able to get in that race car and just go, but none of it helps. Like it takes over. I also have a very overactive imagination. So that really does not help (laughs) when you're in a dangerous situation like that. So yeah. Yeah, I don't. I'm not able to really shut it off that well, so I am always typically pretty on edge when I'm in the car. But so there's some moments where it's not there, and those moments are super enjoyable.
0: So does the, so to anyone listening who's who's very big into mental health, I do not want anyone to judge me because like I I am still learning a lot as I go here, um, and I'm I'm trying to help be an ally by listening a lot more because um, I feel like there's not as many allies as people would like to think um in when you're dealing with mental health and you know it damn I don't even know where I was going with that thought anymore there's not a lot of
1: people out there that but, truly know what it's like
0: yeah and I like feel they, sorry go ahead
1: I was just gonna say they think that they know but they only know the basics. And so when you have people that will be able to kind of describe their point of view, it helps everyone else kind of get the deeper insight.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> I had another thought and it just vanished. Oh man, I'm having squirrel moments like crazy tonight. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's so what are some of the things that you have done to try and so like you you did mention that, People came up to you and and told you to try different things. What are some of those things that they told you to try to help with the anxiety of being behind the wheel?
1: For the most part, because a lot of people, like I said, don't understand what it's really like. A lot of people have told me to just not worry. And I can tell you that It's not the greatest thing to say to anyone that overthinks and has anxiety. I know it is such a simple thing to say. And if you don't really understand, you don't know how it comes off. And so that's why I never really get upset with someone if they tell me just not to worry about it. But I've had people tell me to tell myself multiple times that I'm going to do okay. I'm going to do okay. Or... Get myself a goal to focus on instead of focusing on the negative or taking 20 seconds of deep breathing, closing my eyes and just shutting my brain off is a lot of options that have been suggested to me. But my brain's like, no, those don't work.
0: And you know what? I can actually see that because you know we we do we do a lot of talking on on the other shows, and we all end up uh, going down some sort of rabbit hole, or we, you know, we, we go off in different ways. And, and I I find like when when we're talking, you know, the you you can almost see the anxiety sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and like even when you know, luckily we're doing this with with cameras on, so like we can actually see each other and uh, almost see the emotion behind each other right whereas once you put that helmet on we don't see them. we don't see an emotion unless you use the car for something and that's not necessarily a good thing when you're using a car to kind of show your emotions um wow. <laughs> that's the last thing we all want to see is the emotions getting so tempered you know we don't want to make the uh what is it the the non-highlight reel or the blooper reels or whatever you want to call it or the worst play of the day on tsn there what is it that one sorry
1: i was gonna say where you take out your revenge on them on the track and wreck them
0: yeah all right guys so just before we jump back into this episode uh as you guys know we also have another show called the driver's with kaylin and michael once you guys are done here why don't you guys head on over and check out the driver's seat with kaylin and michael we're always talking about some great things. Last week on the show, we talked about the top five uh, mini stock drivers that of uh, that Michael and Caitlin uh, thought were the best, as well as we talked about some of their worst wrecks. Head on over to Apple, Google, and Spotify and check out the driver's seat with Caitlin and Michael today. Stigma in motorsports. That is what we're here to talk about tonight. Why do you think it's so hard for drivers to come out and say that they're going through a rough time? Uh... Or that they're dealing with something that other people may not know about?
1: Well, to start it off, there is a lot of stigma against men speaking up about their feelings. It's always known, obviously, by traditional ways that the men are the tough people. They're the working people of the family. They are men, basically. Like, that's the term that's used. The term men is what's used to describe a tough person nowadays and so they're already alone with the stigma that if they talk about their feelings they're homosexual which I think is completely wrong because that should not categorize men in what way whatsoever. I feel like any gender should be able to talk about their feelings openly and be able to come forth with how they feel, and especially if they're struggling with mental health, because mental health should not be left alone. Mental health is a dangerous thing and definitely needs to be.
0: Definitely needs to be talked about more.
1: Yeah, it needs to be talked about, and it needs to not just simmer in the person. They need to be able to feel comfortable. And so there's that, and obviously that plays into the whole motorsports thing because 90% of the people in motorsports are men and yep. so obviously especially in that sport too is they're supposed to be big tough guys right they they drive race cars they're mechanics they're all tough guys and so they can't sit down and be like yo today's a tough day because a lot i've i've seen it so many times in a group of guys where someone will bring something up and they're like eh, why are you so sad bro sad stupid like are you so weak and so like that's brutal
0: and And that's definitely not something anyone should be going through to begin with you 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 should be surrounding yourself with people who understand that like you know what there's times where you're gonna have a bad day but if you're surrounded by the right people those bad days are going to be a lot more bearable than around people who are putting you down
1: yeah and also in motorsports it's not known for people to sit around and talk about their feelings like it's commonly known that racing is also a tough sport to do as well so not only the males in the sport have to be tough but even the odd females that are in the sport they're they're seen as tough females and so those females should not talk about their feelings and guys don't always accept females that talk about their feelings to other guys. And so it's just the whole stigma against everything. And it's kind of like a chain reaction where one person does this. And so the next five people do it because that's how they were treated. And so it's just a chain reaction eating off of each other. And it's a very negative thing. And I feel like if people were more accepting, and obviously, if you're in a, a utopia world, if people are more accepting and more open, it'd be a lot easier and there'd definitely be a lot less secret struggle with mental health.
0: For sure. Yeah, you're definitely not wrong there. But do you... So, like, kind of, like, looking, looking ahead, because obviously we can't look at the past as much as we would like to, but the best thing we can do is look forward. Do you think we are starting to change the guards change change of the we're gonna we're having a change of the guard in the in the sense that you know mental health is such a big part of everyone's life but it doesn't seem to be talked about as much as it really should um i think what may is national is a national mental health month or something or we have a week in may about national uh mental health awareness yeah i'm gonna be honest i had nothing i had no clue about it i had no clue but guess what? Guess what everyone knows though. Bell, let's talk day. Yeah. I did not see anything for the week about mental health, you know, bringing mental health awareness to the forefront. But I feel like we we as the next generation who is almost going to be taking over the sport of racing, do you think we are going to have a change of the guard in the sense that we're not going to have people look at you as weak if you talk about your if you're having issues at home um, rather than we're going to have more people who will listen to each other to help change the culture in the sense because we do have a very welcoming culture to begin with in motorsports but we also have a very diverse and almost deceitful culture in motorsports as well do you think we are Mm -hmm. having a change of the guard now or we're going to in the next 10 to 15 years
1: in that sense people that are in this era of racing is what it depends on for the next one if the people in this era want to be more open and want motorsports to be a much more open sport to have things like this talked about then yeah we will take a million steps forward with mental health and be able to be so much more accepting but if only half of the people nowadays want to be open and accepting about it, then only half of it will be like that in the future. Yeah. And so it kind of still depends on working in the now to make people understand why it's important to talk about it and doing that and making it more understood will help our future with, the idea of it being more open, more accepted, more talked about in any sport possible, in any gender, anything. It, it, if you work towards it and have more people understand it and understand why it's important, we'll always take a million steps forward into a positive outcome.
0: You're definitely <clears> not <throat> wrong there. Um you know, we, we've been having, we've been seeing a lot more mental health initiatives starting to come into motorsports. Um, I believe, uh, I think it's the, I want to say it's a pure sock team, the 99 team. Uh, oh man, I've, I'm blanking on the name. I've seen them on my Instagram for some time now. Um, they're doing uh, some stuff for mental health awareness, uh, going to the track, um, you know, lift the visor starting to come in and do some stuff um i'm a big supporter of lift advisor and pretty much anyone who's going to come in and talk about you know especially mental health awareness um i feel it needs to be brought up a lot more and and to see someone like megan mitchell step up and and is going to be selling stickers for lift advisor to help support a mental health initiative i feel like that's already taking two steps forward in the in the process of uh, process of being more open
1: 100 percent. the lift the visor campaign almost is such an amazing thing because it has so many people coming forth and talking about their entire struggle and i'm working on sending in my story too so i will be added onto the web page there (laughs)
0: <laughs> whoop, whoop. i'm sorry I'm, I'm always happy when someone uh lets me know that they're they've reached out to Jory elliot over there lift the visor and and is submitting a story so i'm actually really happy. i can't wait to read i've been reading them all you know each story is different and you know uh, i can't wait to see yours added yours be added to it
1: jory actually approached me
0: S- nice
1: because on my instagram i have the post on national mental health day um, on it, it's, I think it was the Bella's talk day. Yeah. I made a post and talked about my journey. And so he saw that after one of the driver's seat episodes. And so he reached out to me about it and I felt such a sense of honor when he would reach out and ask me if I want to be involved in that, because it's such a great thing to be a part of because, not only is it a couple females that have shared their story, but Jory has also shared his too. Yep. And like, it's proving that anyone can talk. It's not just females because we're seen as the weaker gender. It's everyone can talk about it because it does not mean you're weak. It means you're stronger because you're able to acknowledge your weaknesses and move forward with them
0: yeah yeah you know it's uh uh the name i was looking for prior sorry to cut you the uh, change a little bit here it's reed charles motorsports they're also doing racing against men- mental health as well oh, so yeah. you know it's it's nice to see other people and other teams and other and other forms um start taking steps forward here to start this conversation to actually expand it and and you know it's a joy reaching out to you and you know cuz of cuz of a post you made and you know for you to you guys to have a conversation about it and to get your story to be added is is to me that's always taking a step yeah you know it is. The, uh, the you know yourself Morgan Robson Jr is added a story Megan Mitchell's out added a story they you know they've told their stories and it's it's and jory's obviously told his story he's been on my on this show and talked about it and it's it's always good to see the progress even though it's small progress small steps we're making those steps we're you know we're we're showing our support we're showing that we're allies or you know we can come to each other we can you know if you're having a bad day you can always reach out to me or or you know anyone in your circle you know i if i'm having a bad day i know i can reach out to you megan jonathan vay jory elliott i can i can reach out to you guys if i'm having a bad mental health day and feel the support yeah Cause that's all that we're building is we're building a support network for everyone involved right yeah and You know, it's it's so great that we're starting to do this now. Um, It obviously could have came sooner, but it's all about timing, right? Sometimes better late than never. You're absolutely correct. Sometimes it does take a little bit longer for something like this to step up and get into place. But hey, we're here. We're going to take over this, and we're going to try and help make motorsports a better place to be.
1: Exactly.
0: So, with that being said. We're gonna jump into our fan question period, where, as you know, before we always have people submit their questions in, and uh, we ask our guests, "Are you ready to do another round?"
1: Heck yeah!
0: All righty. So we did a lot of talk about Jory Elliot there. So the first one, the first two of them, are gonna be from our man Jory Elliott from Lift the Visor. His first question is, "When did you first acknowledge you were struggling with your mental health, and what steps did you take?" St- sorry, what steps did you take initially? to get help. I know you touched on a little bit more, but if you want to elaborate here, then we're more than welcome to.
1: Yeah, for sure. So as I mentioned earlier, it was around age 12, 13, and I wrote my parents a note and I had gone through a lot of family issues and personal issues and school issues. And so the biggest thing is I sat down and I talked to my therapist and we made steps on trying to figure out if there was coping mechanisms that I could do and handle, or if it would be time to bring in a psychiatrist. Um, I have had a history of self-harm, which is a very bad coping mechanism that some people with depression and bad mental health can, sorry, bad mental health can use to cope because it kind of takes physical pain to take away from the emotional pain and so I have had a really long history with it um I've also had histories with thoughts and everything and so it came to a point where my therapist said like yeah coping mechanisms and journaling and stuff isn't gonna cut it I need the aid of medication and so since age 15 16 I have been on different antidepressants and when I was younger I always aspired to never be someone that relied on medication but I understand now that it's not a weakness some people are genetically born with an imbalance of chemicals in their brain. And so the medications aren't something that I rely on, except that it's something that it helps my physical health. So yeah, I ended up seeing my doctor and I got put on medications. And so between the medications and the coping mechanisms, the healthy ones, I've been able to come this far so far.
0: That's awesome to hear. Um, So the next question obviously comes from Jory Elliott again, he goes, what are one to two tools that you've learned uh, are sorry, what one to two tools, one, two, two. Wow. What is one to two tools? Have you learned about on your, have you learned about on your journey that became staples of your self care routine? That was a mouthful right there.
1: That's a mouthful. And that's a really good question, actually. Um, It's different for everyone, obviously, because everyone has their own interests and stuff. Um, Me personally, I am lucky to have a job at a horse farm and horses have always been my therapy. I've owned my horse since I was eight. And so he was my therapist before I even knew I needed one. And so that horse knows so many things and carried so many of my tears. And so I really rely on animals for therapy. And so I have two cats in my house. They always come in my room in the mornings when I wake up to get ready for work. We always have a routine where they jump on my bed and rile me up a little bit. And then we all go downstairs so I can leave. And they all say goodbye to me. They all sit at the door while I leave. And so, and when I'm having a bad day, My cats cuddle me a lot and so animals know and that's why I connect so well with them. And then a second thing I would say I use to cope with things is music. I listen to music probably 23 out of 24 hours a day. I fall asleep listening to music. I listen to music when I'm driving. I listen to music when I'm working by myself. I listen to music when I'm working on the race car or doing stuff in my barn at home. It's a calming mechanism for me. So it's something that I even said, like, why don't I do it before I get in the race car? Because it's something that calms my head. It kind of stops the carousel of thoughts is what I call it. But my overthinking, it stops it because I focus on the music. And so, yeah, those are two things that I use as a coping mechanisms
0: you know what I, I totally agree with that music one so mm-hmm. I'm going to add to that part actually for a little bit here for sure what is one song that you can pick that you can play no matter how many times you rock out as hard as hard as you can and like you feel 10 times better than you did when you started
1: wow that's a loaded question.
0: Oh, I know, right? I already have my song because I do, like, it's it's a song that gets me every time.
1: Beer Never Broke My Heart by Luke Combs.
0: Solid choice.
1: That or Without Me by Eminem,
0: but yeah. Both actually really solid choices. Now, I'm how, totally well, opposite spe- spectrum. how well can you do the without, like, how well can you do uh, Eminem rapping? I'm kind of curious Not- on that one.
1: Not that well. I am good with, um, <laughs> with, um, what's that song? Hold on, Pull this up.
0: Because <laughs> the one song that gets me that I can jam out to and like feel 10 times better than when I started that song is Unwell by Matchbox 20.
1: Oh, yeah. That's oh, yeah. Song.
0: That is the one song that I can put on and like I will rock out really really my mom always told me that was like hers and i song it was her song about me that's how she always put it so like whenever i do that like i try to like go as hard as i can for the three and a half minutes that it is because it when i'm done it makes me feel 10 times better than when i started
1: yeah um the song i'm really good at is everywhere i go by hollywood undead
0: I'm gonna have to check that song out now. Afterwards,
1: I'm pretty so can, sure I know almost a hundred percent of the words.
0: You're gonna have to send me the the title of the song, so that way I can remember it, and I'll give it a listen later on. I will. All right, I'm I'm gonna hold that to you.
1: Okay, uh, you do so that.
0: <laughs> our next question comes in. I know we're wow, this is a long actually fan question period here. With <laughs> me adding in questions um what so cole neverham put in here saying what's some motivational quotes that you use most or can relate to others
1: i don't have quotes plural i have one quote that i got sent to me by my best friend he um sent it to me as a reminder of it is it's called it's about an arrow and so they always say an arrow has to get pulled back before it shoots forward. So yeah, they, uh, I live by that quote. I'm just getting pulled back right now so I can just shoot forward into success.
0: Absolutely. Um, that, that is actually a really, really good quote to live by because you know, sometimes no matter how hard life is pulling you back, you you know, you're going to shoot forward and be destined for greatness. Yeah. Um, if I remember correctly, we talked about this a little while ago, prior to us actually starting our recording session here. Um, you did get a question submitted to you, correct?
1: Oh yes, I did.
0: I meant to ask you to send that to me, but obviously, you know, we started recording and then I, I, I lost track there. So if you don't mind, actually asking yourself the question and then answering it.
1: For sure, I can do that. Really All right. Well.
0: Let, let's see how well you do.
1: All right. <clears throat> So the next question we have here comes from Brad LaValle. Um, I believe he races Peterborough. I think so too. I feel really bad that I don't know that, but I don't know a lot of like, not Flamborough racers. Anyways, the question is, how do you find the best way to cope and deal with the loss of a family member or friend? And <laughs> I made a joke with John when I read this earlier that you guys don't want my answer because it's, it's crazy, but it's really not. I just, I don't cope well to be completely honest. Like I am sure everyone knows, but I lost my grandpa in 2016. He was a big part of racing. Al Nagy senior. He was a huge person that was part of my life and I always took him for granted and sadly I didn't realize that till he was gone but that's how it works in life so it's just something you have to deal with and that's something I have to go through and just remember that I need to make do of it better in the future with someone else and so yeah he um he passed away from cancer in August um October of 2016. And so I did not handle it well at all. Um, I spent every day crying. Um, I isolated myself really badly and I skipped out on school a lot. I stayed home pretending I was sick because I just, I couldn't do the socializing, I couldn't do the thinking of school and everything. And so, um, yeah, I did not choose a healthy way to cope with the passing of my grandpa, but it was kind of an unexpected thing that I wasn't really prepared for because I didn't want to accept the fact that he was going to pass away. And so I also kind of have habit of blaming myself for not saying goodbye when I lose a family member because that uh it happens a lot where I've lost a lot of family members and it just happened in bad timing where I never ended up seeing them before they passed for a long time and so I always beat myself down so horribly on that and that's also a bad thing that I use for coping and so yeah so I wouldn't say my way of coping with family members passing is the best way. I definitely would say, don't stay by yourself because it doesn't help. If I relied on other people a little bit more and kind of reached out to other people a little bit more and kept myself social, I don't think I would have mourned him as roughly as long, but because I isolated myself. That's all I thought about and I just continually beat myself up and beat myself up because I wasn't there.
0: Yeah. So uh, we we said it I told you a little story prior to us prior to us getting on the air here. because um, we did talk about that answer. Um, you know, I the same thing happened with uh when my mom passed. I made sure that uh, uh, my brother and my sister were taken care of, but I kind of put my self care to the to the side and you know, I beat myself up a lot over, over her passing. So, you know, I, I, I could, if I reached out just a little bit more, I probably wouldn't be in a lot of the situations I did end up in.
1: 100%. Um,
0: so we're going to slide on from that question um, to our last question, which just so happens to not be um, uh mental health related but it is a racing question because you know this is a racing podcast so we do have to throw in a little bit of racing into our mix here um it is uh actually our most recent guest on the show mr cole burrows he dropped the question what is your best memory in the mini stock
1: my best memory in the mini stock was the night i finished fourth place and the season 2019 after all the problems that we went through with the second Mustang that I drive, we had finally found the perfect setup. I worked with it. The car worked with it. We worked together like one whole team instead of two separate individuals. And so I finally got to the point where I knew I could push my car deep in the corners and I knew it would catch. And so the one night, very close to the end of the season I fought and fought and I kept fourth place and I kept it strong and I finished in fourth place and it's my best finish and it's a hundred percent my best memory and forever will be because it was a night that I was actually extremely proud of myself
0: you know what finishing in the top five at Flamborough is tough enough as it is so you know what, finishing fourth, I have to obviously give you a big round of applause because that is an incredible, that, that's probably, that's your best finish, correct? Yeah, it is. You know what, fourth place at, your, you know, what would be the lat- at end of the race of the last full season after a whole season of ups and downs, I would take that as a W. I, I would definitely
1: took it as a win.
0: I was going to say, I would definitely celebrate that as a W because, you know, especially going into the year we had last year was was very up very up and down in itself right yeah so that kind of so obviously we just wrapped up our fan question period so now we're going to jump back in here and you know the past year hasn't really been very you know hasn't treated anyone really well and I feel like a lot of people's mental health in itself has deteriorated have you felt the same way
1: Uh, yeah. Deteriorated is one way to explain it. Um, Sorry, I have a very dark sense of humor. I shouldn't be laughing about this. Um, <laughs> COVID has been a very tough thing. Between the multiple lockdowns and the restrictions on seeing people It's definitely taken a toll on a lot of people that I know, and I for sure definitely feel it. I've gone through really tough times, especially lately. Um, Yeah, it's really tough, and you kind of just feel extremely alone, or at least I know I do. Maybe not other people, but I for sure tend to feel really alone, and I tend to find myself hermiting a lot more than I used to because you can't technically go anywhere. And so I just stay in bed. And when I stay in bed, I get in my thoughts. And when I get in my thoughts, I just, I destroy myself. And so, yeah, yeah. COVID's been really tough.
0: Have you done anything to help with, at least try to be to, at least I don't know how to word this. Cause have you tried anything to at least bring yourself back to what it was prior to covid at like you know i've got i've gone i'll be honest i've i i I follow the guidelines to the best of my ability and to to the best you know best of everything um typically i would go for a a nice long car ride but typically just stay in my car but like go for a nice drive because you know ontario is a beautiful place Ontario is an absolute breathtaking place. And if you do not get out and go to see it, even if you don't get out of the car, just drive and see it. Um, I, I feel like it would take you, take you back in a sense. Yeah. Have you done anything that like that or has it been pretty rough for you?
1: Um, I went for a lot of drives. Um, end of last year I started going on a lot of drives to try and um keep myself out of my head because that's when it kind of got really rough really fast and so I tried my hardest that way with going on drives and everything but it got to the point where that wasn't even helping and so it also got to the point where my parents were even saying like you can't stay locked up in here yeah. And so, because they were very rule abiding in the sense like I wasn't allowed to go see friends or anything. And so, yeah, it got to the point where February ish, they said like, okay, like you need to go out. Yeah. They're like, go see friends, go hang out with people because I was just getting super down, super bad. And so, yeah, I've been hanging out with some friends every once in a while. And obviously we keep it covid restriction where we stay the decent
0: 6 feet apart and
1: yeah and we don't have it's only like two or three of us all together including me so it's not a lot and also I've been getting back into therapy again so
0: that's good you know hopefully with we we're seeing a light to the end of the tunnel with covid so hopefully you know we're going to get back to somewhat of a normal A normal life here pretty soon.
1: Hopefully. That'd be nice.
0: Yeah. Um, I feel like we could talk about this for hours on end. So I I feel like I feel like maybe in the off season we're we're gonna have a huge party on Zoom with all of uh you know, with Jory Elliott, Megan Mitchell, Jonathan Vay yourself myself obviously and we'll 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 do a whole like mental health like check-in let's do it i i'm down so megan mitchell uh jory elliott jonathan vay if you guys are interested let me know guys um other than that come on join the party guys exactly (laughs) other than that Kaylin, i think uh we we best end to the conversation there for the night all righty all right. It's as always. It's been a pleasure, and I guess I'll see you Tuesday night when we record the driver's seat.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me on this one, and I'll see you back on the other one. <laughs> All
0: right. See you soon. Bye now. Bye. All right, you guys. That was uh, Kalen Wallace once again. As always, guys, we want to thank our guests for jumping on with us. It's uh, we can't. I can't do this show without them. That's the whole point of this uh, program, guys. Um, as we move forward. Uh, you guys will see hopefully a lot more content coming out of general media from, uh, from the racetrack side, instead of just doing these podcasts, hopefully, which helped you guys get through the off season. Um, I got some plans for this show, hopefully going forward. Uh, hopefully you guys are excited for that. Um, if you guys haven't, I do have out on my Facebook page, I do have a link to a form. I'm looking for feedback guys. It's totally anonymous. Head on over to Jomo's Media on Facebook and uh, find yourself that uh, uh, Google form. Fill it out. Let me know what you think of the show. Let me know what you like, what you don't like. I want to make this show one of the best here in Canada. Uh, Always, guys, to help support the Jomo Media, uh, to help support Jomo Media, why don't you head on over to our links and our bios on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Head over to the Jomo Media Apparel store as well as the Jomo or sorry, the True North uh, Racing Podcast Apparel store and st- store store. <laughs> wow, I cannot speak now and pick yourself up a hat t-shirt hoodie or, you know, we're getting into those summer months. Pick yourself up a uh, uh, tank top as well. We got some men's, women's stuff in there, kids stuff as well. So head on over, pick yourself up some goodies, help support the Jomo Media brand. I will see you guys all at the racetrack soon. Once again, my name is John Morrison, and this is the True North Racing Podcast brought to you by Jomo Media and Promotions. We'll see you all next week.